Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of uh, Faithful Fathering. And we're, the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. And uh, the topic of this podcast series is Dads Standing in the Gap. Uh, we're initiating discussion around standing in prayer, standing against cultural pressure, arguments and pretensions, and anxiety. So uh, I do always want to point you to our website. Faithful Fathering exists to help you become the dad the next generation needs to see. So uh, check out faithfulfathering.org where you can click on Four Dads, the Four Dads button to see a history of logs and studies that really complement these podcasts. As always, this will be a very practical discussion. I pray blesses you on your journey as the man, husband, and father you're called to be. So in the studio with me today is a dear friend uh, that's going to help us understand standing in the gap as dads, uh, Mr. Mike Rosas. Hey, Blessings, Mike. You're a, Mike is a minister and Thank entrepreneur so and uh, runs a group I work with, Discovery Marketing Group, that uh, is responsible for these podcasts. So I, <laughs> blessing just... to have you here in your own studio. Oh, no, no, no. I'm super excited. <laughs> uh, one of the things I love about faithful fathering is that it's not trendy fathering. I don't have to be trendy. It's not perfect fathering. It's not this unrealistic expectation I could never meet. It's faithful fathering. And I think regardless of what your legacy is, regardless of what your heritage is, regardless of where you've been in the past, today you can choose to be a faithful father and you can accomplish that today. So I honor you, Rick, the ministry you're doing over 20 years of faithfulness. It is incredible and legendary. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's something that God put on my heart uh almost uh, 30 years ago, so I wasn't real quick. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I like the idea of being successful, you know, right. but uh, he said, no, son, it's about being faithful. But, uh, Amen. I, I will say that, uh, you know, my kids know me and they know the Lord, so I've been paid in full. And uh, Job I, well pray, done. I hope that uh, I can pass that on. So mm. uh, blessing to be here with you, Mike. And uh, today we're talking about uh, the culture and cultural pressures on kids today. I, I don't know um, how kids navigate through all the things coming at them 24-7 with this phone and all the other stuff. I, I think of the limited exposure we had to some of those things as I grew up. You know, it might have been the occasional picture or magazine or things mm-hmm. like that that distract. Today it's just 24-7 constant, isn't yeah. it? It, what what are your thoughts on on how uh, let's particularly talk uh, along the lines of girls their pressures on girls to look a certain way it, it's not just girls I mean everybody you're supposed to look a certain way mm-hmm. if, if you don't well then take this pill or do this activity or do whatever to fit in to whatever this mold is right mm-hmm. so uh, what are your what are your thoughts on on how we push back against that culture yeah it is literally diabolical in how they are so intentional of making a generation fall. Um, I've always been somebody who pays attention to what's going on and and I ask questions, even if they're not comfortable, I ask questions. Um, Because you have to understand when there's such a wide target on a generation, it it has to beg the question. If the enemy sees such great value in this generation that he's doing whatever it takes to stop them, then we as a church and we as a family should be having greater intentionality to protect, strengthen, and empower them to walk into what God created them to walk into. And so when I look at these <clears throat> these young women, when I look at these young men called by God a holy generation, and, and I see the enemy trying to do everything possible to make them fall, I laugh. 
Because God has raised up a generation that is making Satan quake in his boots, that he has to pull out his best tricks to try to make them fall. And yet here they are still becoming stronger, more fearless, and they sell out for nothing to bring the name of Jesus Christ to the people around them. So I am literally shaking with excitement at what we're going to see this next generation bring on in a good positive note to the world as we know it. Amen. And that uh, is going to rest uh, a lot on the shoulders of dads yes, to, to yes. set the tone in the home. Uh, how do you go about that in, in your home to make sure that the tone is set, that uh, you know, culture is going to be the culture, mm -hmm. but we're grounded in the Word of God? Yeah, so um, for myself, I do some natural things, some spiritual things. Uh, first thing I do naturally is when you come to my house, if I am there, I am the first person you meet when you step to the door of my house. I position to my wife and to my children, I am the natural and spiritual front line of this house. And so it doesn't matter if it's family members, people we know. I tell my kids, no, only daddy opens the door. And it's not that I'm afraid something's going to happen to them. I have to seal in their minds that daddy's going to be a protector and that daddy's going to lead. Why? Because if I see my children watching something on TV, I'll say, oh, no, no, no. daddy didn't watch that. Because we don't let our kids see anything unless me, me or my wife have seen it first. Mm -hmm. We don't let our kids do something until we have experienced it first. And there was this whole talk about being helicopter parents, this or the other. The reality is I, I, will, I will not skirt any issue and I will pay any price to make sure my children have the best ability to be able to walk in God's truth and not be blindsided by the enemy. Mm -hmm. um, I, I heard something and it really resonated with my heart. It's something me and my wife try to do. They say, rather than prepare the road for your children, prepare your children for the road. Mm -hmm. And so we don't take obstacles out of their life. What we do is we prepare them and empower them to overcome those obstacles with godly truth. We don't shy away from the, what culture is bringing. We say, this is why it's wrong, and this is what God describes as truth. Mm -hmm. And then we allow them to see truth so that they can then make their decisions. Because mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, I'm going to just let them make whatever decision they think is right. No, they're children. They have infantile minds. They haven't understood truth yet. Once I teach them truth, then they have the right to decide based on the truth that is obviously true. Right, and that's uh, that's so beautiful at this because you're in the teacher season. What I call the yes. teacher season of fathering, right? That's the first 10 years, 10, mm -hmm. 12 years. <clears throat> where you are seen as God, you're mm -hmm. not questioned, right. and your short answers, your matter-of-fact answers, your grounding in truth is conveying an absolute truth for them to know and to, uh, to live under and to accept fully, right? Now, you're going to be coming into the coaching years yeah. where the outside influences are going to start saying, hey, did God really say yeah, this, right. you know, all that stuff? And, and they're going to say, yeah, my dad said that. But they may try, you know, and, and of course, when you're a coach, you've got to let them, you know, right. stumble until they realize that say, ah, there is a reason dad laid out that there is an absolute truth that I need to fall back under, right? Well, and, and we, we invite them to question. Mm -hmm. but we say we're here for all your questions. We say, please feel free to talk to us about anything. But we always go back to the scripture. And so we create the context. God created the world. So his laws work whether you're a Christian or not. It does not matter. So we said, you're going to leave this house, and you're going to experience contrary perspectives and contexts and understandings, but it doesn't mean it's true. For thousands of years, the Bible has proved true, and it will never prove false. Mm -hmm. So understand this is the foundation, and we go from here. 
Right. And, of course, as Solomon said, there's nothing <clears throat> new under the sun. Yes. It's all happened before, whether you talk Sodom and Gomorrah or whether you talk about Romans where you're given over to a depraved mind, yeah. right? That, that's going to be the world. The world is going to be the world. Uh, when when your child comes to you and says, well, I just don't think I'm good enough, Daddy, how, how, how do you uh, approach that or how do you uh, let them know that they are good enough? So one of the things we tried to do since the, uh, the time they were born, my, my I have two older daughters and then a young son. Um, whenever my daughters would put on a, a, a dress or they would put on something that, to dress themselves up, I would lose my mind. I would jump out of my chair, I would clap, I would scream, I would make them feel like they were the most valuable thing in the world. Mm -hmm. So the question has never been, Daddy, do I have value? Mm -hmm. um, we've had to do the other side now of humility. <laughs> um, but but we always wanted them to understand you were created in God's image. Mm -hmm. And we said, God does not make mistakes. And so we went through the, the Genesis creation story. And we said, look, God said he made this, and what did he say? Oh, he said it was good, Daddy. Okay, and God made this. What did he say? Oh, he said it was good, Daddy. And God made this. What did he say? Oh, it was good, Daddy. He says, so, Dad, so God makes no mistakes. Yeah, Daddy. So what happened when God made you? Well, he made me good, Daddy. You're right, baby. Okay. And so it's this training and this understanding because we understand the world is going to say it's peace. But when you have heard you are good and you are beautiful and you're creating the Father's image 10,000 times, it doesn't matter what the world says because you are grounded in truth. And so we don't, again, we don't prepare the road for our kids. We prepare our kids for the road mm -hmm. because we fully expect them to be light in dark places and to bring revelation of the Father's love to those who don't know him. So we know they're going to go into difficult situations. We know they're going to go into tricky places. But in those places, if we have done our job well, they won't be perfect, but they will know they are loved by their Father. And that's, uh, that's so uh, powerful to have them grounded well, like mm -hmm. you say, in the creation story because he's created us in his image, so we are good enough whatever uh, whatever we want to do. Uh, of course, in post-Christ, uh, you know, we have uh, the power of the resurrected Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that we have what it takes. You know, and of course, that's what, he laid out, that's what the serpent laid out against yeah. uh, Adam and Eve, right? You aren't good enough as you are. Uh, so he planted that seed. You don't have what it takes because you're not like God. You can be like God mm -hmm. if you just do this, right? And uh, so that, that's the lie that's out there so often. And when you we talk about half of your marriage is failing, mm -hmm. those kids, 40, 40 to 50% of the kids out there are not getting that message that your kids are. Yes. So we have a whole a slew of folks out there continuing the lie, thinking that's the norm, right? right. You're, nobody's good enough. You just got to keep trying harder and and. Uh, and and uh, and you get caught up in that, just saying I'm, I don't have what it takes to to make it, you know, no. whatever the case may be. I've told this story before, but my uh, the the dad that had the young lady uh, that was a, a, a good little clarinetist, and uh, and and she she came home from uh, uh, school, getting ready to do an audition for honors band, going into high school, mm -hmm. eighth grade to ninth grade, and. And she came in all excited about doing the audition, and and uh, about an hour into it, the mom and dad heard a bunch of squeaks and squawks and frustration starting to percolate up, and then, then finally, I just can't do it, and stomps into her room and slams the door. And the the dad had been to a fathering conference, so he knew he had to open that door. You know, any door that slams physically or emotionally, it's dad's job to go open that door, mm -hmm. right? And uh, so he went in and. Uh, 
He said, uh, you, are you, you okay? He said, I just can't do it. I says, well, you're not good enough to, to do, get into honors band? I says, I, don't, I just don't think. You don't have what it takes to, they had to play 12 major scales at rhythm to get into, uh, and wow. record them to get into honors band and to, to, for the audition. And I just don't think I have what it takes. And finally I said, so there's no hope for you to, uh, to get into honors band next year. And she said, I don't think there is. And I said, well, you know, the, the, the devil's been telling these lies since the Garden of Eden, right? That uh, you're not good enough, you don't have what it takes, and, uh, and there's no hope for you unless you do this. And I said, uh, you want to hear what God has to say? Hmm. What's that? Same thing, Genesis 1.27. We were made in the image yeah. of God. You are, Romans 8.15 says you're a child of God. You're an heir of God. You're a co-heir with Jesus Christ. You're good enough for whatever the Lord puts <laughs> yes. on your heart. I love that. And uh, it said, and of course, you've got the power of the resurrected Christ, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You have what it takes to do whatever again that the lord puts on your heart that you want to do mm -hmm. you want to do this right you want to play yes i said and then romans uh you know five two through five you know sufferings this is suffering you're working through produce perseverance perseverance produces character and character hope and hope is the love of god poured into you through the holy spirit mm -hmm. so there's hope that uh, you can again you can accomplish what you have put your heart to and she came out of the room, got her uh, uh, her, her uh, scales recorded, and got into honors band. Today wow. she's she's a grown woman, uh, and uh, and and she has a confidence and the bold. She she credits her band experience in high school wow. as uh, some uh, resilience and some uh, discipline that she built up to get on through college and get on with a career. So That's I always think, what did the devil have planned there, right? right? The devil had failure and frustration and what have you. But again, dads, we're sensitizing you to understand that you have an opportunity to step into your children's lives mm. to ground them in the right stuff, right? And, and, and I think that takes a lot of intentionality. For myself, um, it, it's easy to, you know, being an athlete, it's easy to coast when you're playing the teams that aren't top level or when you're in the third quarter and you're up by 30, right? It's, it's easy to coast. And so for myself, I've had to push myself and say, everything is a test. Why? Because if I miss an opportunity and I think, oh, it was just a coasting opportunity, I might've missed a developmental moment in their lives. So whenever I look in my daughter's eyes, I, I ask, I say, God, may your love look through my eyes into my daughter's eyes. I try to take every moment as an opportunity for God to come and to form himself more in her. And so you can't you can't take, you know, you can't take a playoff as they say in the NFL. You can't take a, a chance at saying, "Oh, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to sit this one out." And it's not about perfection. It's about understanding the importance that every moment is pregnant with if I see it through the father's eyes. So I don't just tell my daughter, oh, I love you. I, I, I wrap her up in my arms, I do something funny, or I, I you know, push her, throw her around the room in my arms and swing with her. Something that would make that moment memorable. I'll have to do something again tomorrow, but today it will create some memory space in her memory bank, and she'll say, I was loved by my daddy, and he twirled me around. Amen. That's... Just a word of warning out there, dads. Understand that Mike's kids are nine, seven, nine, two, five, and two. Nine, five, and two. There's nothing greater than an up hug and all our arms and legs wrapped around you <laughs> as your little girl. Yeah. As she becomes a teenager, 
find the way that you can continue to hug her, yes. right? Because uh, if you all of a sudden decide it's uncomfortable to have mm -hmm. your daughter up in your arms, all arms and legs around you, and you get rigid, uh, you're sending quite an opposite message right. that she isn't as beautiful as she used to be. And that's what she hears or that's what she sees. Mm -hmm. So that's just a tip for you dads out there is to be sure to find that right way to hug your daughter, continue to be uh, physically appropriate in mm. showing her that affection, that love of the father, even though it may be uh, uh, you have to find the way that neither of you are uncomfortable yeah. with the way that you hug. My daughter's 36. I still swing her to the side and cradle her like a <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a that's our up hug, if oh, you will. Well, yeah. So uh, that's the that's the key, and that's how you do. Dads, uh, take these words of wisdom from Micah to to heart. That it's all about resoundingly reminding your children and your bride and and even yourself uh, that you are good enough. Mm. Uh, there's nothing the culture can take away from you that you don't empower it to take away from you. We're going to stand against the culture, but stand, and stand strong uh, in the Word of God and the love of the Father as you uh, nurture that relationship with your children. So stand in the gap against the culture. The culture uh, uh, is not, does, have, does not have power over us. Mm -hmm. uh, we have power, much more power, uh, than, uh, than the culture could ever uh, grab against 100%. us. 100%. So, dads, uh, again, take the tips as you can. Uh, stand in the gap for your kids and uh, be there to remind them that they are certainly good enough uh, as they were uh, created in God's image. They're heirs of God, co-heirs with Jesus the Christ, with the empowering of uh, the resurrected Christ, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and the hope that never disappoints. So uh, stand in the gap. That's the dad you're called to be. That's the dad the next generation needs. <laughs>